I want to do this Lectio Divina style. So instead of me reading it three or four times like the Lectio Divina is traditionally read, I intend on only reading it twice. Um, and just a heads up, I'm going to ask for you all's interaction um, via comments in the chat to come. So just be ready for that. But I'm going to read from the Inclusive Bible, uh, Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. So in this first reading, I just want you to listen, get settled in your chair, perhaps close your eyes if you'd like, and listen to what stands out to you most. No one knows that day and that hour, not the angels of heaven, nor even the only begotten, only Abba God. The coming of the promised one will be just like Noah's time. And the day before the flood, people were eating and drinking, having relationships and getting married right up to the day Noah entered the ark. They were totally unconcerned until the flood came and destroyed them. So it will be at the coming of the promised one. Two people will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two people will be grinding mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore be vigilant for you don't know the day your savior is coming. Be sure of this. If the owner of the house had known when the thief was coming, the owner would have kept a watchful eye and not allowed the house to be broken into. You must be prepared in the same way. The promised one is coming at the time you least expect. Take a deep breath. And I see y'all are already commenting, but stay, stay with me. On this second reading, I want you to imagine a feeling you have from hearing the text. It reads, no one knows that day and that hour, not the angels of heaven, nor even the only begotten, only Abba God. The coming of the promised one will be just like Noah's time in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, having relationships and getting married right up to the day Noah entered the ark. They were totally unconcerned until the flood came and destroyed them. So it will be at the coming of the promised one. Two people will be out in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two will be grinding mill, one will be taken and one will be left. Therefore be vigilant, for you don't know the day your savior is coming. Be sure of this, if the owner of the house had known when the thief was coming, the owner would have kept a watchful eye and not allowed the house to be broken into. You must be prepared in the same way. The promised one is coming 
at the time that you least expect. So I've entitled this sermon, Stay Ready, but hopefully it will bring us some hopeful or positive influences of what it could look like to stay ready. So as you've heard the text this morning twice, in the comments, I want you all to capture in one word or a few words, what is something that came up for you in this text? What are your emotions? Where are you at? How do you feel? Um, I saw a couple of you writing already about some of the things that it brought up from past things um, throughout your faith journey or things you've heard as a perhaps evangelical. Um, what are some other things that came up for you? I know that for me, when I first read it, I can definitely feel this anticipatory um, message that kind of creates this feeling of being on guard um, or even this unspoken fear in some ways. I see anxiety, preparedness, sadness, um, being in the middle of being ready. Mm. Rapture, left behind feelings. Mm. Release, surrender. Mm. Well, thank you all for that participation. Keep them coming if you would like. I think the first thing for me that, that stood out is not necessarily this, it's this anticipa anticipation of not knowing when the second coming rapture will happen, but even though it does not say when the time will come in the text, the implied message or the energy behind it is that it might happen tomorrow, um, that it might happen in the blink of an eye, so we must be ready at all times. So it's an interesting thing that that message comes across. Um, in the text, but my intention for this time that we have together is to take those feelings, the things that are coming up and reorient them towards hope um, on this first week of Advent and in this new sermon series, Macro Forces, Minor Responses. I think for me, it is this ability to hold multiple truths at once, um, looking at dichotomies. And I'll give you all an example of this. Um, this past Thursday, I got to host for the first time um, Thanksgiving at my home for my family. 
which for me was a very fun occasion, bringing everyone together to come together in Thanksgiving. Um, we had plenty of food all together. We actually sang karaoke. We did lots of dancing, like the electric slide or uh, the wobble, for any of y'all that know those types of line dances. But on that same day, in the same occasion, um, I woke up that morning thinking of my indigenous Choctaw lineage, um, that blood that runs through my veins. I was thinking of my great-great-grandmother who was Choctaw, and I even looked at this very family tree that my Aunt Pam has put together for our family um, that lists all the relatives under my family. And not only did I learn, or of which I already knew that I, my great-great-grandmother on my maternal side of the family was Choctaw, I also learned that I had Choctaw on my granddad's side as well. So on Thursday, while I was holding this gratitude for family on Thanksgiving, I was also holding this space for this day of mourning for those who identify as indigenous who might not resonate um, with what Thanksgiving means in the way it's celebrated um, in America at times. So to live as a person of color in America is to live in this constant reminder of this dismissal of truth that is co-opted as Thanksgiving. It is denial that is hidden in plain sight. So for me, I often hold these two tensions. Um, one of looking at systemic injustices, but also staying true to the way God moves and breathes through me, creating um, this inner joy that is present with me, but staying aware of both. For me, I've been waking up I can recall for the last several months waking up with this gratefulness, this gratitude um, that is flowing through me. I find myself, myself waking up in the morning just being grateful for a breath, um, being prayerful that I will receive guidance throughout my day, being present to encounter God in subtle ways throughout my day. So I've intentionally in this year added play and ease and meditation and self-reiki to my daily, my daily regimen, just so that I can be more present within myself and gain greater flow within. So when I'm thinking about this text that references Noah and it talks about those that were eating 
and drinking and being merry, it's not so much that it feels like those things are bad, um, but an intentionality um, or lack thereof that might have been missing in those moments that were created. It has me asking in what ways am I watchful for the presence of God in the here and now? Um, I don't know about you all, but I have been watching this show called Manifest. Has anybody, has anybody seen or watched this show before? They just released um, this, the latest series or the latest uh, season on Netflix. I think prior to Netflix, it was just on regular cable. But Manifest is this show that the whole show is regarding a plane, um, Flight 828, that was um, basically disappeared um, in the, it disappeared out of nowhere. And uh, several years later, it came back. Oh, I see a couple people. Oh, yes, Larry. <laughs> Divine consciousness. Um, it came back a few years later after several people thought that the plane and the people on the plane had passed or died or had grieved the loss of this plane that had gone missing. And when the plane comes back, they come back and they haven't aged a day. So they are there and the whole show, they are overcoming what is called their death date. Um, what's funny is I was watching and finishing the season last night um, and I thought, this is what I thought was going to happen was I was going to finish the season, I was gonna let y'all know um, how they overcome death. <laughs> um, especially since there are so many references to religion and faith in this show. It even talks about Noah in the show itself. Um, but because the season didn't end, it only was an intermission. The new, the new shows won't come out till 2023. So whenever they do, I'll, I'll let y'all know how we can all overcome uh, this, this rapture together. <laughs> but it was funny for me thinking about how religion and perhaps faith um, shows up in different contexts outside of, um, for instance, our time together on Sunday mornings or the faith traditions we incorporate for ourselves every day. Um, there are these external factors like in the shows that we watch or perhaps the things that come back to us that we learned when we were younger. And it creates these external um, expectations around what faith should look like or could look like for us. But not only that, 
it also comes, there can also be these societal expectations that are placed onto us, or perhaps even um, expectations from parents or different things that keep us from being present to the very moment we are in. Um, whether we're thinking about the things we overthink on or perhaps anxiety or the subtle ways that keep us from being present to see God in the moment um, living and breathing through us. So I have been thinking about an article that I wrote several years, a couple years ago, um, in the beginning of the pandemic when there was a lot of unrest um, regarding racism. So I don't know, I'm sure many of you were around when I was writing what I called the Advocate's Prayer, but um, there was something that kept coming up for me that I wrote back then that I mostly was orienting towards anti-racism that said, um, we need more people proactively being than performatively doing. So as I have been thinking about this, I'm now orienting it more towards what it looks like to live in a more embodied way. What does it look like to be present? What does it look like for us to stay ready to what is what the day is bringing us each day? What does it look like for us to be more proactive in being our full selves than performatively doing the things that people are expecting or asking of us. We need more people proactively being than performatively doing. So for me, I've had to do things for myself um, that allowed me the space to be um, be more of myself. So for some, for me, for instance, I talked about um, creating more space for play, creating more space for ease, creating more space for meditation. And sometimes through that, we also have to let go of the things that are preventing us being present. Um, for instance, for me earlier this year, that meant walking away um, from a salaried job that often brought me a little bit more stress um, than this reassurance that I could be more of my full self. Um, so I want you to ask yourself, maybe it's not a job for you, but what are the things that you have to let go of? Who are the people that you might need to be more boundaried with? What are the things that you might need to actively heal from? So 
as we do those things, hopefully it brings us to a space of being more present to joy while also holding on to and staying, <clears throat> staying committed to wrestling with uncomfortable truths. But for me, when I say stay ready, I mean, stay ready to embody the way of love, the way of peace, the way of harmony with the world around. I mean, stay ready to being connected with spirit flowing through you. I mean, stay ready to presence, to flow, and to the everyday gentle nudges allowing us to see God is in the here and now. So as we come to a close this morning, in this beginning to this sermon's series, I would love for us to just take a moment for ourselves where we can be in our bodies, where we can rest in knowing what is coming up for us and work through the ways of how we can release them. Release what does not belong to us or release what we do or no longer need. So as we close, I want you to come to a comfortable position. Feel free to close your eyes. Feel free to have a soft glaze or whatever feels comfortable for you this morning. What we're going to do is just have a quick check in and do a body scan in our own personal spaces. I want you to take a few deep breaths. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Once more. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Relax any tension in your body. Imagine a white light flowing from your head. Releasing tension in your neck, down to your shoulders, your spine, your back.
Noticing any tension in your hips, in your thighs. in your knees and all the way to your feet. Give yourself permission for any emotions that come up for you throughout this sermon, throughout our time together, throughout your day ahead. Imagine just one way that you can live embodied today and every day set the intention for what that might, might mean for you each day. All right, feel free to open your eyes, come back to the space, this present moment in community with each other. And hopefully this uh, brings you into greater presence for today and your week ahead. <laughs>